the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on a Tuesday. It's the 21st morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up in about an hour, in fact, exactly an hour, plus a minute or two. Peter Kirsten now will be joining us. He has got a lot on his mind, and I asked him specifically as we prep our show, Hey, Pete, what are the most uh, important topics of the billion topics that we have to potentially talk about today? What would you like to get into? And Pete said the general collapse of America. <laughs> Just look at all of it. Inflation, immigration, rampant spiking crime, foreign policy, uh, energy costs, and all down the line. Just the general collapse of America. So Kirstenau is going to be loaded for bear. Make no mistake about that at the top of our number two. Now, the good news for you in our number one is uh, we are guest-free, so you have plenty of opportunities to be heard here on AM 1420, The Answer. And I welcome your phone calls at 216-901-0945 if and when you are ready. You can also dial 888-281-1110. You might want to wait for the monologue just so you have an idea of what I do want to talk about, but um, we'll take your phone calls when you are ready to make them. All right, now, having said all of that, Let's start our day, as we always do, with our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, could you please rise where you are? If you have a flag nearby, even if it's one in the neighbor's yard, just look out your window. Do what you got to do to face a flag if you can. If you can't, that's okay, too. Leftists, Democrats, Biden voters, communists, go ahead and take a knee next to the rest of the communists. We know how you feel about this country. It is not exactly your cup of tea. But for the rest of us... Uh, let us go ahead and offer our support and our allegiance to this great country. Oops. That we were in for the ride. That's the wrong button, and my apologies. We're going to get it here for you in just one second. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic 
for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Sorry about that glitch, and thank you for those who participate in our pledge each and every morning. I know it's very important to a lot of people. So, have you ever heard anything quite as, I don't know, insane as what I'm about to play for you from President Joe Brandon? From, you know, President Reagan's uh, City on a Hill speech to the aspirational words of, of Abraham Lincoln to the incredible unifying words of John F. Kennedy. We have been a country where presidents of either party generally like to inspire and try to lift up the populace. When things looked dire in 1929 and throughout the 1930s during the Great Depression, It was a horrible time, but I promise you they weren't telling everybody. You're going to die, and you're going to die a very painful, poverty-stricken death. Everybody, so just get used to it. I guarantee you that in World War I and World War II, they didn't say, oh, boy, woe is us. Those enemies are really, really dangerous here, and we're going to die really painful deaths. We're going to have a lot of people. It's going to be a severe time of severe uh, illness and, and injury and death. After 9-11, we didn't say, oh, man, there's, there's a whole bunch of people who died. And there's going to be a whole bunch more because we're going to war. Everybody get ready to die. Even though we knew those things were possible in all of those circumstances, and I just made those up off the top of my head at various times in American history, the, the leadership of the country, the presidents of the country, again, of, of, of both parties, tried to lift the spirits and the hopes. We are going to push on to ultimate victory. We are going to be successful. We are going to, uh, even if at the cost of lives, we are going to ultimately save lives and bring about peace after we do what is necessary to stop those who try to kill and destroy. Aspirational, you know, presidential speeches are, are what this country has been, you know, lifted up by for so long. But when it comes to Brandon... Even think back to President Trump's speeches. America first, always striving for greatness, positivity. But when it comes to Joe Brandon, he actually said this in prepared remarks just a few short days ago, five days ago. He told you to prepare to die unless you are willing to take the experiment unless you are willing to crawl into Pfizer's Petri dish and be a part of a worldwide experiment with unproven, untested, very dangerous, with numerous adverse effects, toxins, into your body. If you don't do that, prepare for death. Prepare for severe illness. You're going to kill yourself and everybody you love. Can you Have you ever imagined this from a commander-in-chief, from a president... Of the United States. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for them, for their families, 
and for the hospitals that they'll soon overwhelm. Don't you just feel inspired? Don't you just feel hopeful? Don't you just feel like we've got this, we're going to come out strong on the other end? This is what Joe Biden said five days ago. And death for unvaccinated. Severe illness and death for unvaccinated. Severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. And my friends, that was just the appetizer. The main course comes today. Today, Joe Joe Biden, Joe Brandon, whatever you want to call him, today Joe Brandon is going to address the nation on the issue of the rapidly spreading Omicron variant. He's going to announce new measures on how to combat it, new measures on how to fight back against it with vaccines and masks and more distancing and probably more closures and more lockdowns. And what else? We don't know. We have no idea, truly, what he's going to say, because the last time he spoke on this, he said... For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. Now, for the record, this is the same guy, by the way, who has said on multiple occasions over the course of this first year of his presidency that if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID-19. If you get vaccinated, you will not become infected. He said it on numerous occasions. We've played it. It's been in loops on radio and television everywhere. But now he's telling us if you're unvaccinated, you're going to face a winter of severe illness and death. I cannot imagine what he is going to say today. What I can imagine, however, is that it's not going to be rooted in science. It's not. He's going to encourage, in my view, if not outright order, because, you know, the vax mandates that he has put in play uh, have been stayed by the Fifth Circuit Court of Court of Appeals, but then they were approved or reinstated, if you will, by the Sixth Circuit, and that sets up the Supreme Court showdown. We're not there yet. So we know what his goal is with respect to mandates. But it is believed by many, and myself included in this, that he's going to say that boosters are now going to be included for the definition of fully vaccinated. You were told all of la- this year, really, and going back to um, November and December of last year when the vaccines first became available, we were told that two shots from the mRNA and you're good to go. Protected. Just one shot from Johnson & Johnson, man. Hey, it's one and done. You're good. A few months later, they came to realize they don't work. Okay? They don't work. We're seeing breakthrough cases where people are getting it even though they have their two shots. Maybe, just maybe, the effectiveness is weak and waning. And after two or three months, time to get a booster. And at first it was just encouraging the booster. Now, it's my belief that today it's going to be requiring the booster that in order to be fully vaccinated, to keep your job, in order to be fully vaccinated, to get into the restaurant or the store in cities that have new vax requirements like New York City, you're going to need all three and you're going to have to show proof that you have all three. This despite the fact that the vaccines are not vaccines. 
and they were never intended to be vaccines. Vaccines prevent infection. These are toxins intended to decrease the symptoms. They are not vaccines and never were. You've been lied to by Joe Biden and others who said, if you take the vaccines, you won't get uh, COVID. Now, why does this matter? Why does changing the definition of fully vaccinated matter right now? And the answer to that question is, because if they can change the definition of fully vaccinated from two shots to three, what stops them from saying, by the way, that third booster, while it was just super duper, it started to wane after about three months. So come March, you're going to have to get a fourth. And we'll make this one special. It'll be Omicron proof. And that fourth one, by the way, might need its own boost at number five and one more at number six. The CEO of BioNTech, which works with Pfizer on these, has admitted as much. Changing the definition of fully vaccinated is going to change all of our lives. All of them. Because you will no longer be free to do what you want, when you want, where you want. If you don't have the proof that you have been given the third, the fourth, the fifth, or the sixth shots. Now, let's take a look at this from another vantage point. Back in August of this year, so what's that, four months ago-ish? Back in August of this year, on the CDC website, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, a glossary of terms, definitions, was was available for people to read, defining what things like vaccines and vaccination really mean. And in August, August 26, 2021, the CDC website defined the word vaccination as, quote, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Then five days later, September 1, very quietly, didn't do it on CNN, didn't do it on MSNBC, didn't do it on Fox News. Nobody covered it. Nobody saw it. They very quietly went into the CDC website and changed the definition. Remember, the old definition was the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. They then quietly changed it to the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. That one word is massive. To be vaccinated used to mean you are immune, you are inoculated against the disease that the vaccine was produced to stop whether it's mumps or measles or rubella or chicken pox or polio or whatever. To be vaccinated means you are immune. It means what Joe Biden said would be true. You will not get COVID if you get the vaccine. But people are getting COVID all over the world after being double vaccinated and triple vaccinated to the point where they can't even call them breakthrough cases anymore. They're just vaccine failures, as a caller said yesterday. So they had to change the name, the definition of vaccination from something that produces immunity 
to something that produces protection, meaning it'll help you a little bit on the symptoms, maybe, maybe, maybe not. So they, they very, very quietly play this shell game with you. And while you're over there watching, you're watching the, you know, the magician or the three-card Monty guy moving his hands left, right, center, left, right, center, and you're watching to see where it comes up next. Meanwhile, they're picking your pocket to the tune of $20 billion a year, or excuse me, a quarter for Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna. They just continue to cash in as they change the definition of vaccination, change the definition of what it means to be fully vaccinated, and continue to establish total control of the people. If you're not wise to the game now, my friends, not sure what's going to get you there, but look it up for yourself. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. They changed the definition because they knew that these vaccines are not vaccines. They do not produce immunity. They try to make them produce protection. And even that is highly dubious. 922, we'll take a time out here. Phone lines are open at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right here on The Authority. now. Thanks for being with us on The Authority on this Tuesday. Don't forget, Curse It Out coming up after the top of the hour. Joe Biden coming up later today with a, no doubt, inspirational speech about how we're going to beat the virus. I want to share a clip uh, with you, before we do anything else, from from last night on Tucker Carlson. Because uh, Scott Atlas, who is a physician, he was on President Trump's COVID response team. He is a respected epidemiologist, respected by everybody except for Dr. Fauci and Joe Biden and those who are trying to push these toxins on all Americans. But Scott Atlas talked about something last night that should be talked about on a regular basis. And that is that the Omicron variant might be the blessing that we need. Joe Biden's going to go on TV today and freak out and, and, and push hysteria and fear over the Omicron variant. Scott Atlas said, why are you doing that? The Omicron variant is typically what happens when viral pandemics happen. Weaker, weaker strains of the virus uh, become released, and that's how people build up their immunity, because they're virtually harmless. I mean, and to this point, Alec Baldwin is still deadlier than Omicron. He's killed more people than Omicron. Scott Atlas says this is what people have been waiting for. They need to open their eyes. Well, you're, you're right, Tucker. This is an extension of everything I saw and wrote about in my book, and that is a complete lack of critical thinking, a shocking lack of critical thinking. When we have a variant, as you've, you've mentioned this here, the Omicron variant, there's a disconnect between the cases and the serious illness or death. That's good. Right. There's a lot of cases. There's projected to be more cases, but there's not going to be. So far, we have not seen the deaths. If you look at South Africa, they've had it for over a month, and they're seeing that this is very mild. Okay, this is good news. In fact, this is how pandemics end. What's stunning is that there is no uh, word of this 
this expected good thing happening at the end of a pandemic from Dr. Fauci. The leaders of public health here instead keep repeating what they've said before, which is keep locking down, keep issuing restrictions and mandates. And those policies, by the way, were implemented widely across the entire country and they failed to stop the infection. They obviously don't eradicate the virus. They also failed to stop people from dying as they were implemented throughout yes. the entire country in 2020. And they don't admit it, but they even worse destroyed millions of people. So what we're seeing is, again, a repeat of everything we had before, a lack of logic, a lack of really a total denial of science here. May, I, mean, may, I, ask you, may I ask you just to unpack really something? It can't be tolerated. Well, it's scary as hell, but really quick, will you explain something that you mentioned a second ago? You said, what we're seeing, widespread infection, low cost, no deaths, very few serious illness, that's the end of a pandemic. What does that mean exactly? Well, everyone who's a competent doctor knows that as a pandemic evolves, the viruses mutate. The mutations allow the virus or the ones that, that uh, keep being contagious are the ones that survive, but they're less lethal. And as we get to a stage, it's called endemic, where there's a relatively uh, constant or little ebb and flows of infections, but very few deaths. That is when there's no more pandemic. The pandemic is not about infections that are not harmful, right. okay? The pandemic only matters if the diseases are very serious or cause death. If you don't have that and you just have a lot of people getting a very mild infection, that, that shouldn't panic anyone. That's in fact showing that there's either a very, very mild virus, which isn't a big problem, or there's enough immunity and protection against the severe consequences right. that we're, we're good. And so that's how the pandemic ends. The, the destruction of the pandemic, if it's not lethal and not causing serious illness, really should make people feel good. It shouldn't be a cause for panic. It's the opposite. So this sig signals the end of the pandemic. Omicron, if we treat it right, which means what? It means stop with the same playbook that you've used for the last two years. Vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. Got to stop Omicron. Got to stop, stop Omicron. No, you don't. Because Omicron is not lethal. It's not deadly. Especially, it's not deadly in any significant, serious numbers. Maybe you might have some people who die with COVID-19 Omicron because of uh, comorbidities and, and pre-existing health conditions. Maybe. But as he said, if the, the mortality rate is low, if it's literally harmless to the vast majority of the population, this is how you erase the, the, the entirety of the pandemic. People get Omicron. They don't die from it. They recover after a, a couple of days of feeling like they have a cold. And now they have antibodies built up to protect against all of the other COVID variants that may come. This is traditionally how... Viral, you know, virology has worked. Now, I'm not the doctor. Dr. Atlas is. I think he knows what he's talking about. But what he's talking about will not put nickels and billions of dollars into the pockets of big pharma, Pfizer, Moderna, and so forth. And it will not inc increase the control over the population that the Democrat Party wishes for. That's extraordinarily important stuff, and I appreciate Scott Atlas's words last night on Tucker. I'll appreciate your phone calls right after this.
keeping you vaccinated against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, it's 937. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. I got a lot more for you, but I do want to get some phone calls going here. So 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. If you want to be heard today, do it in the next 23 minutes. Because after the top of the hour, it's cursing out time. Uh, let's go to Vince in Westlake on AM 1420. The answer. Hello, Vince. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my calls, always. Yes, sir. Um, it, it's. I'm just confused about one thing with this mandate, potential mandate, vaccine. People getting the urge, urging to do it. If I if I heard you correctly on uh, your previous segment here, that Dr. Atlas, and numerous other doctors. Saying that the Omicron is much more contagious, but much less lethal and much less dangerous. Is that correct, a fair correct. statement? Correct. And he said that's yeah, traditionally what happens when you talk about viral epidemics correct. or pandemics right. is as they go, they mutate and they get weaker and weaker to the point where when you get it, it's not going to make you you know deathly ill, but it's going to help you right. build those antibodies up so you don't get it anymore. So I'm curious why there is uh, some of the national conservative hosts on this station or on this network are telling you that if you don't get it, uh, if you have it, you're fine. No problem. Have a good time. If you don't have it, you know, Omicron is going to be, uh, going to be disastrous to you, even deadly. And it's just, I, there's just so much misinformation being put out there. And I, and I'm, and it's disturbing that some of it's by folks on our own side of the aisle. And I think you might know who I'm talking about with how you have to say his name. So, well, well, yeah, I mean, I, I have heard, and it's not just you. Uh, and of course you're talking about Hugh who precedes me on the airways every day here. Um, it's not just him. There are others. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know their motivation. Um, I know that, that they're deeply, uh, they they have deeply held beliefs here. They're not just you know they're not just trying to play devil's advocate here. I think I think there's some deeply held beliefs here that that the vaccines are okay and and I don't know why they do that considering the fact that the CDC has already admitted. So have the the, the drug producers, big big uh, pharma cartels, have said that they don't immunize you, they don't inoculate you, they just help with the symptoms. So I don't know why they're pushing even the word vaccine on that. But then secondly. Um, you know, as you're talking about with Omicron, why they're denying the science, why they're saying, you know, right. ignoring ignoring scientists who say that what Dr. Atlas just said, that, look, the way pandemics end, the way that these kinds of, you know, viral events end is when the, the, the virus mutates to the point that it's so weak that it won't kill you. And then everybody gets it. And now you have this, this nice, you know, natural immunity where you don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. I wish I knew their motivation. I don't know what it is. I have respectfully what? disagreed with them, and I, I even respectfully, you know, tweeted or not tweeted, rather texted with some of my friends on the right side of the aisle and asked them why they believe this. But sure. I'm not getting any answers. Well, I just one more thing too. I'd encourage people um, that tend to follow that line of thinking. Some listeners that might might get on that path and say, "Well, you know, so and so says it's dangerous, isn't it?" Um, as far as vaccines themselves, or as you said, not vaccines, whatever the heck they're called. Yeah. Um, Tell people to check out the VAERS report from the CDC. Absolutely. Vaccine accident reporting system. Uh, it's, it's real simple. It tells it all right there. And there are thousands of doctors that have said that thing is so inaccurate, it's probably 10 times that many because it's so cumbersome for right. a doctor or medical professional to fill out. So that's it, Bob. Thanks for taking my calls. Vince, Vince you're Christmas. spot on. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too. You're spot on. I did almost a whole hour, I think, on VAERS. 
last week at one point, um, and, and we talked in depth about the numbers and the number of adverse effects. It's called the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System. Uh, there are thousands of people who have died within a couple of weeks after getting their vaccine. Their shots, rather, their profit shots. These are not vaccines. Again, the definition matters. Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of serious adverse effects, including hospitalization, including blood clots, including paralysis, temporary and otherwise. There are so many adverse effects, and the mainstream media, social media, won't let anybody talk about it. The mainstream media won't cover VAERS. Social media literally will ban you and block you if you bring it up. They say, oh, that's not accurate. That's not accurate because it's it's self-reporting or patients reporting with their doctors. It's not CDC approved. Well, spoiler alert, it is. It's run by the CDC. And prior to COVID-19, the VAERS reporting system was widely credited with being the go-to source to find out the potential long-term side effects of vaccinations in this country and in the world. The VAERS reporting system, the adverse effects reporting system, specifically was, was, was praised. But then we didn't have the kind of movement in the agenda that we have now. With COVID, we can't praise that system because it's proving that the vaccines are potentially very, very dangerous, these shots. And moreover, they can't handle that negative uh, press. Well, there's no press on it at all, but they can't handle that negative storyline because they already have the negative storyline of the fact that they just don't work. I, I want to talk about science for a second since we're, we're, we're on this. I told you yesterday about the emails between Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins. Dr. Francis Collins was the director of the NIH, the National Institute of Health. It's the organization that funded gain-of-function research in the Wuhan laboratory that led to all of this. Never forget that fact. But yesterday I told you about the emails that have been leaked that prove that they do not believe in science. That Dr. Fauci, who says, if you complain or criticize me, then you're criticizing science because I am science is literally colluding or was with that Dr. Francis Collins to deny science. What is science? We talk about this some. You hear me, you hear this. Science needs to be questioned by other science in order to prove the veracity of the conclusions. Science welcomes other studies to see and buttress their their results and say, "Ah, look at this." We were right. Look at this. Another study, another study, another study, proving that this is no longer even a question. Or science gets other studies done, and the results refute the original uh, results of the studies done by uh, you know, the, the researchers. So medical practitioners, uh, researchers, scientists, they welcome challenges to science. But in the emails between Collins and Fauci, it became very clear that they literally colluded with one another to destroy and discredit the reputations of other epidemiologists whose studies uh, refuted those and the, and the narrative of, of uh, the CDC and the NIH. So I want to play this for you. This is Dr. Francis Collins on with Brett Baer on Sunday. 
answering a question about those emails and why they tried to crush real science rather than welcome scientific challenges to their points of view. Why would they do that? Listen. Well, the science, and you know science is observation, description, experimentation, then explanation. But it seems that a lot of health policymakers uh, have been trying to silence opposing views. In a newly uh, released set of emails received from Freedom of Information Act between you and Dr. Fauci in October of 2020, you referenced the Great Barrington Declaration. That was a group of epidemiologists and public health scientists who wrote, quote, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of prevailing COVID-19 policies. Continuing current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. In this email to Dr. Fauci and Cliff Lane at NHA, you write, quote, hi, Tony and Cliff, see, and you connect to the Great Barrington Declaration link. This proposal from three fringe epidemiologists who met with the secretary seems to be getting a lot of attention and even a co-signature from a Nobel Prize winner, Mike Levitt, at Stanford. There needs to be a quick and devastating public takedown of its premises. I don't see anything like that online yet. Is it underway? Francis, did you write that? I need to stop that for a second before we even hear the answer, if I can. Because it's important to know that part. We need to have a quick and devastating takedown. A quick and devastating takedown. Hold on a second now. A quick and devastating takedown of these fringe scientists and these fringe epidemiologists. That's what uh, what Brett Baer said. I'm going to try to cue this up to get you the rest of that, and then we'll hear Dr. Collins' response. And even a co-signature from a Nobel Prize winner, Mike Levitt, at Stanford. There needs to be a quick and devastating public takedown of its premises. I don't see anything like that online yet. Is it underway? Francis, did you write that? I did write that, and I will stand by that. Let, Let me explain. What was being proposed there was basically saying, let's not worry about mitigation. Let's just let this virus rip. Uh, This is, of course, before we had vaccines. And basically, these, I will call them fringe epidemiologists who really did not have the credentials to be making such a grand sweeping statement, were saying, just let the virus run through the population and eventually then everybody will have had it and we'll be okay. Hundreds of thousands of people would have died uh, if we had followed that strategy. So I'm sorry. I was opposed to that. I still am, and I'm not going to um, apologize for it. There are times when people make crazy uh, proposals on the basis of pseudoscience, and that needs to be called out. Right. All right. And there you have it, right from the horse's mouth. First of all, Dr. Francis Collins of the NIH called three leading career-long superstars in the field of epidemiology. For decades, their work has been respected and revered, and their research has been challenged and supported. And he calls them fringe epidemiologists practicing, practicing pseudoscience. A reminder of who these, super, these uh, fringe epidemiologists are. Dr. Martin Kaldorf, professor of medicine at Harvard, biostatistician and epidemiologist with expertise in detecting and monitoring infectious disease outbreaks and vaccine safety evaluations. Yeah, boy, he just sounds like a quack, right? Dr. Sunitra Gupta, professor at Oxford University in England, an epidemiologist with expertise in immunology, vaccine development, and mathematical modeling of infectious diseases. Yeah, what an amateur. 
and Dr. J. Bhattacharya, professor at Stanford Medical, physician, epidemiologist, health economist, and public health policy expert focusing on infectious disease and vulnerable populations. These are the three experts in their field that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins were terrified of. We have to have a quick and devastating takedown of these fringe epidemiologists and the Great Barrington Declaration, which Collins just lied to you about. Collins told you that the idea put forth by these three experts in the field of epidemiology and immunology and viral outbreaks, that their goal was, or their uh, pr- uh, 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 prescription was, do nothing. Let it run its course. Let people die. There was no such declaration. The Great Barrington Declaration called for treatment. Treatment in the way of well-known therapeutics that can and have been successful in other countries, as well as in certain parts parts of the United States, in treating people who come down with COVID-19 or coronavirus. SARS-2 coronavirus. They called for the treatment with uh, uh, therapeutics and uh, monoclonal antibodies, rather than vaccinations that are untested and potentially very dangerous. Well, I don't know who pays Dr. Francis Collins to lie like this. I don't know who pays Dr. Anthony Fauci other than you, because he's the highest paid federal employee at $550,000 or so, much more than the president, all paid with your tax dollars. I don't know what they get from Pfizer or from Moderna or from any of the other big pharmaceutical drug cartels, but I can tell you this, they're immediate attempt to discredit other scientists proves that they are not interested in science. And it's their crushing of that other science that has led to $20 billion a quarter for companies like Pfizer. How much of that are these guys seeing? I don't know. But I certainly hope we find out. This is not about health, not about science. If it was, they would welcome the the. the prescriptions and the results and the suggestions and the studies of the best epidemiologists in the world from Oxford and Harvard and Stanford instead of crushing them because of ideology. This is amazing stuff, my friends, and I hope you appreciate it. 9.52, right back. Okay, 9.54 hope you're able to absorb all of that it's it's extraordinarily important if you don't understand what science is and what science is intended to do um, you're susceptible to anything that cnn or msnbc will tell you if you understand that science actually welcomes all research and all studies to find out whether or not the original premise the original uh, idea is uh is valid or not um then again you're, you're 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 never going to truly understand what is being done to this population and why Okay, let's go to Nevada, where Mike is calling us on AM 1420, The Answer, listening, no doubt, uh, to uh, whkradio.com. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, I just wanted to bring your attention to an article in November uh, Primus, uh, in Primus. It was written by uh, Larry Arndt. It's reducing a great republic to despotism. 
And just the two. The oh, very I first have paragraph. that. I have that in have Primus. You read that? I haven't read it. And no, it came in the mail because obviously I get in Primus. My daughter goes to Hillsdale. Uh, I have. Yes, I, uh, I have that, but I have not yet read that one. Have you had the opportunity to meet him? I have. Yes, he's a phenomenal, oh my gosh, phenomenal that must man. Be yeah. a, anyway, what oh, was this? What was great. this? What was the story regarding the article about this? Well, it's just saying. You know, here are two questions pertinent to our times. How would you reduce the greatest republic in history to despotism in a short time? And uh, he said, how, how, w- how would you stop it from happening? And, you know, then he goes on to say that, you know, this, this um, epidemic or uh, pandemic that we have, mm-hmm. he said, in, actually, the federal government has created bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy. And, and he says it would be a, you know, a thesis, a boring thesis, to, to figure out how these, all these bureaucracies work. But actually, they're not elected. And they're really making laws that you know, we have to abide by. Our representatives probably don't even really know how it works and how it's happening. So then we come up to the, you know, and then he mentions the uh, the CDC and uh, the power that they have. They're unelected. We don't even. Know. In fact, he said you probably don't even know who the what the CDC is formed. You know, and be honest with you, yeah. I don't know what they do <laughs> yeah. or what well, they were supposed to do, but I know what they're doing now. You yeah, know, well, you're, well, you're with, right. What, what they're doing now, you know, they have ceased being a medical organization and have become a political, a political organization, a political arm to advance the agenda of the, the current administration. There's just, you know, there's, there's just no doubt about that. As a matter of fact, they were doing that during the last administration, but in the opposite way. They were pushing back against President Trump and what his beliefs were. So, uh, and thank you for the call, my friend. I got to get some other people on the air. Um, to the point, though, about um, about despotism, yes, there are a couple of very um, simple tools to understand that are in their toolbox about how a great, free, capitalist republic can be brought to its knees and to the brink of despotism. And we are seeing some of them play out right now. Dr. Arn is right. I didn't read it, but based on what you just said, uh, those two, those two uh, uh, issues, with respect to the CDC especially, you're absolutely right. For Once again, as I played Scott Atlas before, for what possible reason would doctors who have for their entire careers who know that viral pandemics or viral epidemics eventually mutate into weaker versions of itself, leading to the eradication of the virus itself? Why would they be ignoring that? And why would they not be saying, you know, the, uh, the arrival of Omicron is actually something that we knew was coming, and it's something that we should absolutely be happy for because it's not killing people at any kind of an alarming rate if it's killing any people at all. But what it is, it's making people sick with the, with the symptoms of a cold, and then they're building their antibodies to make sure that they can battle any other, the other mutations that may come around. It's how science has worked and how uh, epidemiology has worked really forever, but they're denying it now for what reason? Well, maybe Dr. Arn is right for despotism. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to another Mike. This one in Lakewood on AM 1420, The Answer. Mike, good morning. Go right ahead. Yes, a couple of mistruths you said. Uh, one, you said it was a fact that the uh, virus started in Luhan, that just spec- uh, Luhan Lab. That's just speculation. There's no proof one way or the other. And the second uh, very sly untruth is that because someone is a college professor, they're an expert. No, they're not. If you listen to your buddy, Dennis Prager, he thinks college professors are buffoons. 
Um, you, you need to listen to the entirety of what I said, not just because they're college professors. I read you their entire resumes of credentials in epidemiology, in immunology, in studies of, of, of human vulnerability to viruses and so forth. These are people who have, who have, have had careers in epidemiology who have been reduced to, ah, eh, they don't count because they're not pushing worldwide vaccinations. But how so, are they looked at by their peers? Well, until COVID-19, until Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins emailed one another and said, we have to take these people down, they were looked at extraordinarily well. They were praised. How do you know that? How do you know that? Have you look studied at their, because, these because, because you look at, look at the, look at the positions that they hold, look at their career, uh, careers, uh, on the whole, not, not how they're being treated right now. And you will see clearly you don't get to be at those levels and have those levels of expertise and those levels of distinction by being lousy at your job. Let me address the first thing you said, by the way. Mike, keep listening. i got to go, though. Uh, you said, how do we know that, uh, that the um, uh, virus originated in that, in that Wuhan lab? Well, I don't know. Let's ask um, the National Institute of Health that Dr. Collins represents. Because Lawrence Tabak is the principal deputy director of the NIH. And he wrote a letter. And everybody saw this about a month ago. To Representative James Comer from Kentucky confirming that his organization, the NIH, funded research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology during 2018 and 2019 that manipulated bat coronavirus called WIV1. Researchers at that Wuhan Institute grafted spike proteins from other coronaviruses onto WIV1 to see if the modified virus was capable of binding in a mouse that possessed the ACE2 receptors found in humans. The same receptor to which SARS-CoV-2 binds. The modified virus reproduced more rapidly and made infected humanized mice sicker than the unmodified virus. This came from the NIH that Francis Collins represents. It's proof by the deputy director, that Dr. Fauci lied to the Senate and to the Congress when he said that gain-of-function research was not done at that Wuhan lab. It's literal proof that they have lied to us about where this virus originated. I thank you for the phone call. Carson, now next, AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.